Welcome to Islington Mill is Queer, a podcast series dedicated to chronicling the history of one of the Northwest, but also just England in general's favourite artistic centres, Salford's Islington Mill. I'm really excited to put out this month's podcast, which features an interview with the visual artist Rachel Goodyear, who has been a mill stalwart since the very beginning, as you'll hear. And I'm not going to say much in this intro, I'm just going to let the interview speak for itself, only to point out that we covered a whole range of topics in this discussion that were really fascinating to me, and I hope that at some point in the future we can continue these conversations and explore some of these more kind of tangential areas a bit more. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Rachel Goodyear, welcome to Islington Mill is Queer. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not. I was thinking about putting this in the intro, but I thought it would be better to just let you do it yourself. But can you tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, I'm Rachel Goodyear. Um, I'm an artist. Um, I am a visual artist. I mostly make drawings okay. on paper. Um, I have a studio here at Islington Mill. Um, I'm, I've been um, involved, a friend, a member, whatever you call it, at Islington Mill for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and over, uh, over recent years, um, as, as the mill's grown, um, I've taken on a little bit more of a formal role as um, a co-director as okay. well. So, cool. yeah. We can get, yeah, we can get into that in a mm. bit. You say that um, your practice is mostly pen on paper? Uh, mostly um, pencil and paper. Pencil and so, paper, yeah. okay. But I've seen your work and it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not like, it's not just like drawing, it's not like illustrating in a notebook. It's no. like, how would you describe that? Like, Well, it, it, it started very, very tiny. Right, oh, okay. <laughs> so years yeah. ago. So I've, I've actually, so I've, I've been practicing since um, I graduated um, from arts college in 2000. So right. So yeah, so over the course of 20 plus years, <laughs> I've... <laughs> I graduated so, in 2000 yeah. as well, by the way, there's no shame in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my, my drawings did start off in notebooks and on Rizzler paper and basically like anything that I could get away with just tucking in my pocket so I could draw at work. Cool. So that's... Um, and um, and so it's really been over the years, it's just started to grow a little bit bigger each time. Yeah. And just like, just that little bit bigger, a little mm. bit bigger again until... Yeah, finally, like this. Yeah, this recent work is. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got big. How <laughs> are, is that a zero? So yeah, it's just over a zero, which is really big for me. And um, is it all hand drawn yeah. on that a zero canvas paper? Yeah, so it's uh, it's really nice paper. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a paper nerd. Right, cool. Nerd, so yeah, yeah, we'll leave that for another time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then how? Like, I'm just interested. How do you frame that? Is it put on a board? What happens? So, um, so it just uh, just goes into a frame. Um, just yeah, just uh, usually just um, you know, just like mounted into a frame. Um, just yeah, on the just, paper is just mounted. Yeah, into just frame. yeah. So they're they're quite um, they're quite fragile in the state that they're in yeah. the studio. Yeah. But, but yeah, but it's uh, but yeah, it's just like kind of many, many, many hours of uh, yeah. just immersive drawing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just like, like the um, so it's it's mostly figurative drawing okay. as well. So yeah. I work mostly with um, with like images of like like this these central female figures, 
and they're um, often just like kind of they're they're put together with like different animals um so it's got a lot of relationships like sort of mythology psychology mm-hmm. um i'd say in, in many ways a lot of them are like a little bit of self-portraiture as well so okay. it's just like yeah just uh, just a little bit of delve into the subconscious and like there's women becoming a little bit more animal animal becoming a little bit more human mm. or like interacting it's kind of quite you know got a bit of a sense of the surreal to it uh-huh. a bit mischievous but bit dark mm, cool yeah um when i poked my head into your studio mm-hmm. earlier you have some very big pieces mm-hmm. that you're waiting to get framed where are they for oh so it's really exciting so i've been working on this project for um this this started as a conversation right at the beginning of the pandemic with um a, a couple of old friends and old supporters um so um so it started out with a conversation between um Paulette Bryan, who's the psychic curator at the Grundy Art Gallery in, Sol- in um, Blackpool, okay. and um, Lindsay Taylor is um, part of the University of Salford collections mm-hmm. here in Salford, and um, and we'd, I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Um, they, you know, it's just like they've they've like really been part of my journey, being an artist right from like my early twenties, and um, and we've been wanting to do something together again for kind of quite a while. So mm-hmm. what started out as beginning of the pandemic, just having some nice catch ups over mm. Zoom um, turned into um, like a big co-commission between Grundy Art Gallery and the University of Salford. Mm. So so it's going to be a touring show which oh. opens in um, the Grundy Art Gallery in Blackpool on the mm-hmm. 26th of March. So okay. it's a Saturday if anybody fancies a day out mm-hmm. on, yeah, in Blackpool. Sunny Blackpool. So, sunny Blackpool, yeah. chips on the sands. Yeah. Um, then that's where I'll be. And then... Um, and then in July, it'll come to um, Salford Museum and Art Gallery. So cool. just like, yeah, just lots and lots of new drawings. Um, mm. I've been creating a new animation piece. Wow. So, so yeah, I've been I've been. So you do busy. animation as well? I do. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I was going to ask <clears throat> if anybody goes to, like, is it mixed media in terms of when anybody goes to see your work, are they literally just seeing pen, pencil on paper? Yeah, so um, so that's mostly what you would get is um, mm. pencil on paper. But for 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 years I've always been really interested in that like what happens if you like take a drawing off a piece of paper so if it occasionally slips out you know beyond the edge of the like the paper um you know what would it then you know what kind of world would it enter so sometimes I'll do like little bits of like installation there and and so the animations are just another way of me just like sort of slipping into Mm. another so it's another um you know just 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 another way of like working with drawings. So, um, so, so like with my drawings, they'd I'd normally describe them as just like these like frozen moments. So if you mm. just like just had this just like just this frozen moment, just like some ambiguous like weird um, mm. sort of occurrence. Um, but I was also like right from the early days, I'd, I'd started thinking about like you know things like sort of punishments of the underworld and like Sisyphean yeah. kind of you know it's just like repeated like mm-hmm. something being repeated forever and also thinking about you know it's just like just like sort of like moments that's just you know like sort of etched into time mm. and so that's where I started mm. thinking you know it's just, I can just think about like like when you get like little like gifts and stuff and mm. just and so I started just thinking about this say like, what if like these frozen moments became things that was just like these repeated sort of like tasks that people are either yeah. you know it's like these characters and figures are like locked into mm. and um so it tends to be just like these like these pieces where it's just like they just loop forever yeah and um and so this new piece i've kind of like put them all together into this like this long scrolling piece that like scrolls forever so a little bit like scrolling through social mm. media and just get doom scrolling yeah, <laughs> so, <doom-scrolling>. yeah. <clears throat> well that's good that's like 
a positive pandemic story. Yeah. Which is nice to hear. Most of them have been really quite negative. But, you know, it has been a quite a good time mm. for people kind of refining and honing and maybe thinking about, right, back down to brass tacks. What, mm. am I, what do I really love? And what do I really want to do? That's what, like, a lot of this stuff comes from for yeah. me. It's just being limited suddenly. I'm just like, oh, right, well, what what do I really give a shit about? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say, because um, during, the, yeah, during the pandemic, I would, I would say, and I, I often reflect back on this, that I feel, I feel it's a site that I was in a very, I, I feel that I was very lucky, it's a site, because, you know, I could, you know, I could, yeah, it's a site, I wasn't, I wasn't alone mm-hmm. in lockdown. Mm-hmm. I was also, you know, it's just like kind of like, I, I was safe. Um, yeah. I could, you know, I didn't, um, some of my, you know, like a lot of my work I could t- continue doing at home so I wasn't I wasn't like sort of thrown into a very like sort of you know it's you know not a precarious position or a dangerous position that so many other people are in um but I think it's just like that simplicity actually really um it really uh just reinvigorated it's just like my love for drawing Mm. you know it's just like I am Mm -hmm. never happier than when I'm just Mm -hmm. drawing Mm -hmm. but it really um just it just it just really reignited that for me so and I think again it's like that simplicity of just okay I'm not in my studio I'm at home I live mm. in a tiny flat mm. it's just like what can I just do in this space with these limited materials mm. and and I think then as well it's like because I've been working with animation for a while and it's really basic animation as well it's not anything it's just it is like literally just drawings on paper scanned in and yeah. then just you know just like just put through so yeah, so I, I still think of it as like drawing. Yeah, it's just got a little bit of like digital, yeah, like, sort of like you know, just mm. intervention there. And um, but yeah, but it, it was yeah, just that time to just go. Okay, what do I really want to do with this? Mm. It's yeah, I'm just gonna get my head down and yeah, great, and and also find solace in it as well. It's yeah. really really meditative. So Absolutely. I'd say that drawing really got me through. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right, so the subject at hand today is Islington Mill. Yes. And I have the traditional first question that I ask everyone on this podcast, <laughs> which is, what was your first introduction to Islington Mill? Do you remember the first time you literally saw the building, Islington Mill? Yeah, I do, really clearly. And it was a series of coincidences that wow. brought me here, which is absolutely marvellous. Yeah. Um, so the very first time I came down here, because um, I studied art over in um, Leeds. Okay, and then, so you're not, you didn't go to Manchester for that? No, no. no. So, I, so I grew up um, I grew up just on the outskirts of Manchester in Oldham. Okay. And then I went to study in Leeds, and then um, I moved back over to Manchester. Um, I'd only intended to be here for a few months mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. while I worked out what I wanted to do. But in that period, um, I... Yeah, I just I'd gone down to Caspiel Gallery to see if they were taking on volunteers. Mm. You know, I was just like going around all the galleries, going just asking if anyone needed work and stuff. So, yeah. and um, just on that day that I went down to ask if they were like if they needed any help, um, the uh, yeah, it's just like um, the director at the time, Kwong Lee, um, he uh, he said, oh yeah, this is like that's great. Yeah, we'd just say like, kind of love you to come and volunteer, and um, but also I'm just about to go and check out this building called mm-hmm. Islington Mill. This wow. guy is just like taken on this building and he's inviting artists to come in and create stuff so you, um what uh, year would this have been can you remember it was 2000 the year 2000 yeah, right it, so this yeah. is at the very beginning yeah, yeah yeah so really early days and um and so yeah it was like yeah so pure chance that he was just going down that day and he was yeah and 
yeah, it's just like, I mean, Kwong's a lovely person. It was just like, oh, why don't you come down with me? Mm. If you want to meet people, you know, maybe you might be interested in, like, they're, they're doing show, you know, it's like, mm. like they're setting up for, a, like, a show and an arts festival. And um, so, yeah, so that was it. I just, just went down, came came down here. Um, I think, like, many people, I was just like, where the hell am I in the mm. city? I don't yeah. understand. Like, Because at that time, it felt so far away. Yeah. But actually, it's so it's close. It's really not. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but that was the that was my first introduction. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I just uh, that's yeah that was the first time and just. Can yeah. you who who was here then, being the mill at that point, Bill? Yeah, so Bill Bill was here, and then there was a few. So there was a really small handful of artists <coughs> who'd already started just like doing, you know, just just taking just just making stuff in small yeah. spaces. So so it's mostly like we went up to the fifth floor. And there's people like Susie McMurray who did like the big feather installation. Okay. She she was there like setting up her feather piece in the attic, and there was a, a few more people that just recently graduated from um, from MMU, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I mean not that many people, but enough. You know, there was enough going on, as, and the the just just the building itself yeah. was just I'd never never seen anything like it. So what I, what was it? Can you tell me what state <laughs> it was in when you came in? Like what floors are being used? What parts yeah. are being used? So, um, so that first day, <coughs> that first day, um, so the first day, I think I only saw the fifth floor, mm-hmm. and so we went up there, um, and um, and so that was all like completely open, um, and then it's just like the attic space, like I said, like Susie was like just covering the whole attic space in feathers, so mm. it just looked like you know, it just felt like you were just climbing up into a cloud, mm. and um. And yeah, so it was um, so that floor, um, it was yeah, there was. It was just a huge open space, um, but still with you know it's just like bits and pieces that have been left behind. So, mm. so yeah, and it was, um, and was then it, yeah, it's not a safe space though, was it? Because my experience of that floor before the renovations <laughs> were like very dodgy. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, it's it kind of. I think it got more. Um, I think it got more unsafe to use as the years went by. So actually, in like in some of the early days, it was it was an amazing space to use. Mm. It's just like because it, you know, I mean, I mean, also it's just like we didn't we didn't really care about. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't think about it, you know. Yeah. So, but it just, you know, it just it. I mean, it it. I mean, it's like there was so much stuff mm. up, that we could do up there for a long time. So I mean, I've I've seen like sort of like you know gigs up there, like installations, film screenings, just. You know, it's just like even, yeah. You see, it's just like it's um, <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I'd say at the moment, um, I mean, I won't I won't speak too soon, but um, <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard lots of stories, right, yeah. and I think it's just like there's I, I think there's definitely like you know how could there not be a presence in yeah. a building like this? Yeah, and and I think it's just like the you know knowing the history of it, you know, it's just like it's ha- you know it's, it's had tragedy, but it's also had so much joy. Mm-hmm. It's had you know it's just like just the sheer energy of like all the people have been through. How could, yeah. it, how could it not have yeah, those yeah, yeah. like echoes? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so what was the next step after that? So um, so yeah so I just got involved in um, in the in the arts festival that we were just about to do. So again, it was just like just sheer like you know coincidence and look of timing. Mm. So um, so so yeah, I'd um, I just 
yeah, um, just made a like a sort of small installation in, in the exhibition they had on, mm-hmm. um, and just using like just bits from the mill, mm-hmm. and um, and at that time as well, all the other floors they were just piled high with just the remnants of whatever had been there before. So mm-hmm. there was, I think, on the first floor it was just like a floor to ceiling, just mountain of. Uh, office furniture, yeah, and then just 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 stuff everywhere. So mm. again, it was just this playground of because um, at that time, I actually graduated from art college as a sculptor, mm-hmm. and okay. so I was instantly just like, look at all this stuff that I could just make things yeah. from. So um, and all these spaces to like do installation in, and mm. it was so yeah. So that was the um, so yeah. So I got got involved in the exhibition, got talking to Bill, became you know, it's just like I'd I'd been. I think I just like because I just really wanted to just I don't know I just wanted to get to know people do something and I'd say as well when I first came out of um, college and when I first moved here I was painfully shy (laughs) really painfully shy so I always found that if I had something to do or just get involved in it'd like help with that shyness and I think it's just like because you know it's I think it's just like because it's like from the minute that steps in through the door it just felt like a really welcoming space Mm -hmm. Even, you know, it just, it just felt, I think it was just like that sense of possibility. Yeah. Um, it just felt, you know, so I just just got involved. And then, and then again, you know, it's just like sheer look of timing. I, um, yeah, it's just like I was, I was really late picking up my work after the show had finished. Mm-hmm. So I kind of came on a day when there was no one else around, but I just got chatting to Bill. We had a brew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just kept coming back, just became friends. and Cool. That's how it all started. So yeah, just a series of uh, just happy coincidences. And at what point did you have a semi-permanent studio here, or more permanent-ish? Ah, uh, so um, well, to start off with, just um, a second. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. So um, so at the time, like Bill had, um, so so this was when um, like the fourth, yeah, the fourth floor had um, half of it was um, kind of quite an open space. Okay. Um, so like you know. A big white space that could be used for like as a gallery space, mm-hmm. and just like there was the odd like sort of few events in there, and then like sort of Bill was living in like the the back part of it, mm-hmm. and um and then sort of like in between there was a long studio, which is um yeah so I I kind of like sort of sem- like I used a bit of that studio it's mm-hmm. just like so so I kind of and I think I'm I'm trying to like think back to like what what we actually did in those days but I think mm. it's just like kind of I do like sort of like some like just odd bits and pieces around the mill but then also it's just like use a bit of space in the studio yeah. and, and well, um, yeah that's funny though because we're now currently in studio 408 slash mm-hmm. 9 which is the space that Bill used to live in yeah and you're based in studio is it that's 407 406 yeah it, yeah. Keeps, it keeps changing depending on like depending when the numbers on, get repainted yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but you said you've been in there for since 2010. So yeah, so what ha- so and, um, so I I was using that studio for a while, mm-hmm. and then um, then there was a few years that I was actually that I'd, I moved out of the studio. There was a year where I thought maybe I should have a studio at home because I lived a bit further out of town, and and um, and and then it's like I moved into a studio above the King's Arms for oh. so between 2005 and 2010 mm. I had a studio over there right okay but I was always coming back over here yeah so it's just like I'd kind of go to my studio over there and then I'd like and then I lived in the flats opposite it's mm-hmm. just like um, and then I'd just like come over here and like come and see Bill and Jane and Belinda and everyone it's just mm-hmm. like you know Maury and everyone that was living you know it's just like kind of everyone here yeah and, um, and after a while I just thought I really want well for one I wanted my own studio because okay, mm-hmm. I had a shared studio in the Kings mm. and um, 
but I also wanted to be back over here and just and it just happened by chance it's like my old studio yeah was the studio that was available yeah. and when I moved back in there there was still these little drawings on the wall that Excellent. I'd first done in like 2000 and so yeah. so again it's just like these lovely coincidences mm. it just you know always oh, this like kind of like being yeah it's just like sort of you're like coming back home <laughs> you know, mm. it's always been like that yeah totally yeah um, when we first started talking towards the start of this interview, you mentioned that you were more, much more involved in the kind of admin, I, I don't know, what, how would you describe it? You're much more involved in the organisation yeah. of Islington Mill now. What is your role and what is that involvement? Um, yeah, so so that started, um, I think, like a few, a few years ago. Um, it's um, first of all I joined the board, so it's just like so when there was a yeah when uh, when there was a board um, developing. Okay. Um, I went on the first of all I joined the board, and um, and that was um, partly because because I've I've just like I've been I've been here for a long time. I've known the mill for a long time, hmm. and um, and uh, yeah. So it's just like so that that was like the, that first like step into like a little bit more of a anything that looked like like an official role. Yeah. And then it's just like just over the last um, couple of years, um, as we've you know, it's just like as, as the mill got the funding and mm-hmm. it's like kind of, and we're going into this new phase. Um, there was you know, it's like there's there's been a lot more like organisational like sort of changes, mm-hmm. and so that's where I stepped into a more formal um, role of um, a co-director. So, so part of that is um, is like you know, it's like being on the board, and mm-hmm. um, uh, but part of that is just like the is is the artistic direction, but I'd say it's a site. It's much more expanded than that. So it's about that. You know, I'd, I'd say it's a site really like helping to navigate it through into the next stage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a site because this, you know, what we're in at the moment, it's a site. It's very much an in-between stage. You know, yeah. it's a site where we've got scaffolding up. It's like the renovations. There's going to be new spaces, and, and so really, I see it's like one of the crucial kind of like roles is to really um, just really harness what it has been over this past 20 years that's you know it's just like what it you know what the culture of the mill has been what is it that's made it special what is it it's just like about the DIY that has really made all of these things possible you know mm. it's just like what's that spirit of it yeah you know so and um and what's that lived history mm. and so being able to just like kind of you know try and harness as much of those nuances as we can to be able to like get into its next stage yeah. you know it's just like I still really understand what that is so that yeah. you know it's just it's um, I don't know it always feels really precarious for like anywhere that starts out DIY mm. to become it's just like kind of more like you know it's just like sort of more of a like you know it's like a structured organisation that it's always that danger zone it's just like you don't want to lose whatever that magic is mm-hmm. and the only way you know so, I, so at the moment I see that as being one of like the most crucial things you know to say like the crucial bit of work so that's uh, yeah that sounds really interesting but also like a lot of things that how do you define the spirit of a of a space of a community I don't, yeah. I don't know well, that's it it's just like it's a really good question because yeah. I think when you when you sit down and you think about like designing a community it's always going to fail because it's like yeah. you can't just design a community so I think this is where it's just like it's so important to just like really you know, it's just like, just go, you know, go into that, you know, go into lived history and go, it's just like, okay, well, what were the circumstances at the time? Who was involved? What they were, were they doing? What were their, you know, how did they find the mill? Mm. You know, it's to say, um, you know, it's to say who, you know, it's, 
I think it's it really is just like just like going into just like kind of like you know all of those just you know all of those memories and nuances to go it's just like well mm. it doesn't just happen you yeah. know it's just like this and so it's really um and and I think it's just it's I think it's just like kind of that um you know actually trying to describe that spirit is really difficult because yeah. it's like it's something like you feel in your gut you yeah. know it's like we've all felt it yeah um, but I think it's the say so I think rather than like sort of trying to describe what that is, mm-hmm. it's just like really going and to say, you know, what is it that formed that? Who was it that formed it? You know, it's like how, mm. you know, and that all, you know, it's just like some of that comes down to like really simple things like, you know, how did that person meet that person in the courtyard? Mm. You know, it's to say kind of, it's, yeah, it's sometimes it goes down to just like those really, really simple just yeah. like interactions. Yeah. But also, just like I find it really fascinating as well, and yeah. and also just like just really, I, I don't know. Just, I just find it really, really important. Mm. So, it's funny when you talk about like spirit and feeling, and through my own practice in like various different artistic practices that I've had, but particularly music, there comes a point I feel where you have to let go of the kind of rational brain. Mm-hmm that seeks to articulate everything through the medium of language mm-hmm. and just accept spirit and feeling as its own kind of language. Yeah. And I think there's a real, I don't know, I feel that there's a real thing in modern culture of trying to constantly articulate everything mm-hmm. through the medium of language, which I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand that imperative yeah. and that drive, and it's very important, and language is one of the most incredible media that humans have ever invented. Mm-hmm. But certain things are beyond literal language and literal descriptors like that and our feelings so it's quite like to be honest I don't really envy you yeah. <laughs> because it's like and also it's a very nebulous thing there's just so mm. many different like what some people might see as coincidences and what other people might see as like very meaningful mm. like coming together things that are just how do you yeah but I think this is where the creativity comes in yes. because like, cause creativity um, is a language as yes. well mm-hmm. and so I think it's like really as soon like when you start to look at things from like that approach you know so it's like because like having you know say like having a practice mm-hmm. it's all you know it's like you're learning through mm. practice and you're learning so you know it's you know like like with my own practice I'll you know in the studio I'll you know it's to say like I won't just like create a drawing it, it won't be a case of just like I've had an idea in my head, this is exactly how it's going to look, I'm going to put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's a long process of, of like, sort of connecting dots and thoughts and yeah. just like, you know, trying and testing things, you know, yeah. so, and that's what, a, that's what a creative practice is. Yeah. And it's, and it's similar here, like, I see, I see like the mill, it's just like, the mill is a big creative practice. And, you know, it's just like, and you, you know, and we discover all these things yeah. through doing and through learning and through, you know, it's just like, and, you know, co-creating yeah. as well. And so I think that's where, um, I think that's where, like, the, I think that's where the difference is. It's like, you know, okay, if it can't be, like, immediately arti- articulated in language, yes. then it's just like, okay, how do we articulate this through doing something? So, yes. like, running a pilot or running an event or, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, it's just like, just, just learning yeah. as you're going. and. Yeah. And so that's where it's just like it's, it becomes a creative language rather than a, I'm going to do this, I'm going yeah, to make it, yeah. you know, it's just like it's going to look like this and it's going to come out like that's, this. You know, it's just like there's a journey involved. Yeah, that's like, right. I mean, we were talking off mm-hmm. microphone before we started the interview about these kind of things, but that's really interesting to me actually because, you know, one of, I have a few different artistic practices, but one I do write as well. Mm-hmm. 
and the thing I love about writing is that it is so direct it's the thoughts that form in your brain you write them down or you type them mm-hmm. out and you tap them out and they're there and it's a very direct there's very little kind of journey in the physical act that you're doing mm. in terms of getting words from the brain out onto a paper or a screen but other things like music can be ongoing where it's like oh my god I don't know if I'm ever going to finish this song <laughs> you know or this piece yeah. of music whatever this I mean this beat like and mm. a beat transform and then when you bring other people into it as well when you have like a band scenario <laughs> and things mutate because of other people's inputs into them it's this whole other experience of creation mm. that I feel it's very, very different, actually, from the act of writing. And now that I'm saying this, I'm kind of <laughs> beginning to articulate something which I've thought for a long time, which is academia always boils everything down to language mm-hmm. because it's the passing on of information. But like I said before, certain things can't be articulated in language because they're spirit or feeling mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And language is not the best way to articulate them. And yeah, sorry, I'm kind of rambling now. I'm, I'm, kind of working, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just working stuff out in my own brain in terms of becoming a bit more. Because, like, the way I work with music is that I can come up with a melody and lyrics and a song in my head. But then, and then I'm always like, well, that song is written. I should just go in and do it in a day. But then it never, it always takes a lot longer than that. And mm. then you, what you put down is different to what you, what I put down mm. can be different to what I hear in my head and I'm not happy with it or I'm happier. And I'm like, oh, this bit is great. We should just mm. go off on this other tangent. It's much more exploratory and there is much more of a journey involved, I think, in other kinds of artistic uh, media that are not language based mm. and stuff. And I feel like one of the things that has always kind of alienated me from the world of academia and third level education like that is the focus on the constant focus on language and it all has to be written down yeah and yeah. kind of to the degra- to the denigration of the power of stuff like spirit and feeling mm-hmm. and emotion and music and journey and visual impact and things that you can't really describe mm. in words that easily yeah which is why we turn to music and performance and drawing and yeah absolutely yeah but I I think it's just like that's that's one of the things that I find so beautiful about the creative process is yeah I mean mean, it's like I think in my you know it's like in my in my my younger days um it's something that I would find quite frustrating it's just like I'd have an idea in my Mm. head and um Mm -hmm. you know it's like and there'd be you know, but then it was, you know, when I tried to get it out, it would, it would never look like I expected or, yeah. you know, or like, you know, it's like bringing something into being. So when I was a sculptor, I used to, um, I, I used to curse gravity because I was just like, gravity, why won't you let me do, like create this thing in my head, which is impossible. Mm. You know, it's just like I'd have an impossible mm. like idea because it's like also when the idea was, you know, when the ideas are in your mind, they're kind of. They're, they're a mixture of like, they can be a mixture of like, um, of visuals, of just like a feeling, mm. of like a memory. And it's like, so that, you know, they can be just as ephemeral as like a dream. Mm-hmm. And then to like translate that into something physical. Yeah. You know, it's just like, but, but, you know, it's like over the years, it's like, I think that's one of the things I find so beautiful is it's like, you're constantly surprising yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like, so you're constantly just like, I don't know, it's just like, kind of, you, you constantly, like, like making new acquaintances. You're just like, oh. Yeah. That's how you look when you in that first instance of coming out, and then it's just like, and then then what do you grow into? And yeah. so, and so I think again, it's like this is where that creative journey is just like is just so special. I think, mm. and you know, it's just like in using creativity to 
to like to to communicate mm. as well so yeah that's that's really great for me to think about framing because mostly for the past like 10 years I've been focused on focusing on writing in my own practice because it's uh, something that I can earn money from as mm. well it's a very direct thing to do but it's also something that I can earn money from particularly just kind of like not creative writing more like critical writing mm-hmm. and blogging and stuff like that um, and it is so instant but coming back into the mill over the course of pandemic and setting up the studio for other people to use and stuff here is really igniting my desire to make music again but what I need to let go of is the focus on a finished product mm-hmm. in that way and just become much more comfortable with doing it as a journey. The difficulty for me personally, and that I'm kind of rambling here again, <laughs> is that I spent a lot of my, when I first like graduated from university in Glasgow and I lived in Glasgow for so long, trying to make a career in the music industry. And that is also, it's always so focused on that finished product, mm. that finished thing. And just now that I'm kind of coming back full circle around again to being able to actually set up a music studio in a shared cooperative artistic mm. space that has taken over a building, which is what I, when I was living in Glasgow, we were involved in something similar there. Coming back to it the second time around, I feel a lot more, I still have to check myself about this because <laughs> I still have these feelings about like, oh, you could record an album, you can record an EP, mm. you could like record, even record a song, write a song, record a song, and just trying to let that stuff go a lot more and just enjoy it for the journey it will take you on. Yeah, yeah. It's like massively, I think, and I think music is a really, really good one for that because because it's not a physical, you don't end up with the physical item. Mm. You don't end up with a physical item like you never do, like in its purest form. It's just something that exists in the air yeah. that we take in through this other sense that we are told is secondary to the visual sense. So even like, no offence to anyone who was involved in visual art, <laughs> but even like visual art <clears throat> comes with an item. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas music like, oh, well, we had CDs and vinyl, mm. but they only existed to capture a thing that was already floating mm. in the ether. So there's something really beautiful and special about music like that. And this is a good way to see into talking about water, <laughs> the band that you were in or could still yes. be in. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. How did water come around? Ah, so yeah, water. Um, so, so this started. Um, so it didn't immediately start as water. So I'd also say that. Um, so I think I think this is where. Um, I mean, I mean, this is like kind of just just bringing it sort of like back to the mill as well. I think it's like this is one of the things I've always found so special about being here. Mm. Um, is just like because you know I've got my practice, which mm-hmm. is you know it's just like it's a very it's a very focused practice. Mm. But it's just like but what makes me isn't just like that practice. It's like you know it's 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 like you know what do I step out into? It's like when I leave my studio, you know, it's mm. just like the community here and it's mm-hmm. like and everything, you know, every everything and everyone who's in it. And um, and so um, just uh, sort of uh, just looking back over over the um, the course of kind of quite a few years, it was I'd you know it's just like kind of going to you know just just people that I've met and just like you know it's like all the you know it's like all the nights we've all had together and just mm. and I think it was um, like I'd never ever like got up on stage and like either sung or mm-hmm. performed mm-hmm. or you know it's just like I mean I would do these it's like these odd little like performances at like Club Brenda like way back in the day mm. um, but you know it's just like it's not you know I was I'd, 
I'd never imagined that I would like get up on st- on stage and like and perform in that way or sing, and and I, and I would say it's like so. So the first person that like sort of that actually said you could do this mm. was Louise Woodcock. Yeah, you know it's this like kind of and it was really um, and I think as well it's just like I'd I'd say as well it's just like it was at such a I think it's just like it's such a crucial point as well because like I was kind of getting into my late thirties mm. and I was starting to feel kind of quite like. I don't know, it's just like sort of feel, starting to feel like, am I getting a bit old? Am mm. I do you know, what am I supposed to be doing with my life at this point? You know, mm. you know, it's just like those those kinds of like anxieties you have like as you're like, you know, mm. getting, you know, it's just like approaching your forties. And um and so I would say, um, yeah, and just I think it's like the first time that I just uh, like got in front of a microphone was um it was really Lou just putting a microphone in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, and you know, because she she had that ability to just make you feel so powerful, yeah, and to just feel so okay to like give something a go, to just like explore what you could do and what you could do with your body, yeah. And um, you know, it's just like, and and I surprised myself that it's just like I had quite a nice voice. Um, <laughs> I kind of wrecked it a bit, mm. like with cigarettes. But but it was just that and just that sense of like release mm. and you know it's just like and I know and it was this, it like you know a similar time that she was having like exactly the same conversations with Emma yeah as well you know mm. it's just like kind of you could perform you could sing you could get on stage mm. and so I think um, I mean I can't remember exactly when it first started but it just started that we just a bunch of us in a room just making an absolute racket and mm. it was just glorious mm. it was just so incredible and you know as I say I was just like just you know I wasn't even singing words I wasn't I was just just I don't know warbling into mm. a microphone <laughs> through a vocal processor mm. and then so that's like, what I mean yeah and that, letting go of words yeah and just exactly expressing beyond words yeah and so and so we had um you know so kind of we had we had Laura and to say you know say like kind of she was you know it's like a mixture of just like kind of spoken word and poetry but also it's like you know really you know it's just like just picking anything up just making noise with it like you know it's just like Lou just like just you know just like just this just these incredible releases of like both just like emotion and power and you know it's just like and, and poetry mm. and you know it's just like an Emma it's just like mm-hmm. you know it just you know it was just it was just incredible yeah. and I think and um and and so that the you know that I, I just remember it's like the first few times we were in that room together just making noise I was like I've I've never experienced anything like this but it just felt so incredible mm. and it also felt like this like release that I'd been like looking for and also it's like this this sense of that confidence mm. you know it's just like and being around people that you know mm. just like these are just people, you know, these people just give me this sense of, like, I can just be, yeah. you know, which was just so amazing. Yeah. And um, Especially yeah. in a music situation where often it can be feel very intimidating. And you're like, oh, I don't know if what I can get, do on a whatever is yeah. worthy of being included in this. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I had, like, memories of, like, being back at, you know, back at school and, like, music class and stuff. And just be like, mm. well, you can't, you know, it's just like, there's not really yeah. anything you can play. And it's just yeah. like... Yeah, you might be able to sing a little bit, but you know, it's like kind of like I wouldn't recommend joining the choir or anything. You know, mm-hmm. so it's these these are like expectations that you have, just like what you should be to like mm. to have, 
you know, to just, like be allowed to go on stage, and yeah. it's like, and there was just this complete like abandonment of that, which yeah. was just so beautiful, mm. and um, and yeah, and it's like, and um, we um, so so we uh, yeah, we had a couple of gigs, mm. and I remember it's like the, the first couple of gigs that we had, and also it was just like it was a really because um, also something else I had this real desire to do was to like to actually like sort of dress up as well, yeah, and create costumes and to actually mm-hmm. just you know just 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 have you know it's like just just be able to do that and mm. um but the first couple of times i got on stage i was so nervous it's like i my costumes had to just completely cover my face so i yeah. think like the first time i was like wrapped up in like blue netting so i it think was just, like a when blue I cloud saw, <laughs> when i saw you so you were completely unrecognizable yeah. i didn't know it was you and I, I had, um, I had these, just like these, um, like big black curled, like um, antlers that I'd made. Mm-hmm. And it's like with this big veil. So it's like the first few times, it's like no, I, I, I feel safe when I'm like, sort of, I feel, you know. Um, but then after a few, I just thought, no, I really, mm-hmm. no, I really want to be on stage as mm-hmm. me, and just, and it was just. So yeah, so we just started from there, and I remember. This, just all sitting around in a um, loose flat, just trying to think of a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we went for it, it was just like, what's, it, it started off as like, what's the blandest possible thing <laughs> that we think? So, so you know, we we're going through all sorts of names, like, you know, P, or like kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like, you know, <laughs> it's like, and then water came up because we were just like, okay, it's just like, but then, as soon as we said it, it's like, okay, we we're trying to come up with something bland, but it's just like, we've come up with something, it's like the most, you know, a powerful yeah, force. deep. Yeah, and yeah. so, We you needed know, to survive every day. We're I, drinking stuff right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and it was just so, so yeah, and it was just, but you know, also, it's just like, you know, you, you know, it's like every single one of these, like, conversations or every single time we just, like, got into, like, you know, a room, just, like, just plugged everything in. It's just, like, it was also just so, it was just so joyous as well yeah. as, you know, just, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just, like, kind of, we've always been a sound technician's nightmare yeah. as well because, yeah. you know, and every gig that we did, it's just, like, what more instruments can yeah. we bring? So I'm the thing for me like, is that I love that aesthetic, <clears throat> though, because... I get that with from the point of view of like modern music production, it's also clean now, and mm. the whole world of sound engineering is about keeping it clean. But I very much love the whole Velvet Underground vibe of just everyone just piles into this shitty little studio, <laughs> turns everything up as full as they can to try and drown. drown well, in the Velvet Underground case, they tried to drown each other out because they really hated each other and they're really jealous of like whatever was going on in their own individual lives. So I love that aesthetic of being a sound engineer's nightmare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so for full clarity for people who are listening who don't know, Louise Woodcock was a very integral figure to the artistic community here Mm -hmm. at the mill as well, but who unfortunately passed away last month. And a few, two weeks ago, was it, we had her memorial service? Yeah. Yeah, and that was like, that was, basically there was an all-inclusive noise gig Mm -hmm. that happened. Was that water? Yeah, so we we opened... um, yeah, so um, so there was it, it was, I mean, it was just like kind of like a whole evening of um, like you know people could just get up on stage and pick up an instrument, you know, because so, so, that's what Lou like really, mm. you know, so, so I kind of encouraged people to do is just like just get up there and just do something, mm. um, and so um, so to open it up, um, Emma, I think it was Emma's idea to have a collaboration jam to like open it between. 
um, between water and womb, which mm-hmm. was um, one of Lou's other bands. Yes, so I'd say it's course. like, yeah, water kind of came after after womb. womb yeah. Um, but again, it was just like that. It, it, that was incredible, you know, because mm. it's, like, it's the first time that we'd, you know, it's like, I mean, it's like we all know each other. Mm. And also it's beautiful as well because like, because um, cause now Elf and Roseanne, like they live down south. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's like, so to be able to like get together with them as well and actually like sort of like create together was, you know, it's just really beautiful. And it's like, and there's a whole bunch of us that like we've not seen each other for a long time for, you know, various reasons, like, you know, including mm. um, the pandemic. And and yet, so it was just a really like beautiful moment of um, look at us like we're all on stage together, just yeah. creating together, and we've all, you know, to so say we've we've all had that, you know, Lou would for each and every one of us, it's like kind of like Lou had sparked something yeah. within us at yeah. some point and had helped us to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. to discover ourselves really. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, there was um. That was epic and yeah. just like so beautiful. It I was. think, yeah. There is a recording, isn't there? Oh, well, there was certainly it was streamed. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that there might be a sound desk recording yeah. of it as well somewhere because it was honestly that that day was very emotionally loaded anyway mm. because it was a memorial service for a very close friend, very inspirational friend who had passed, mm. and that noise gig was specifically in tribute to that person. But it was honestly one of the best noise gigs I've ever seen <laughs> because. You know, I think what it was as well is that we're too used to, like, that was like noise with a purpose, mm. whereas a lot of noise stuff, as much as I do love it and I love it, um, it's very kind of, can be a bit aimless, and it is, or it is that thing of what you said, it's very exploratory for mm. people, so they're coming together and they don't have a fixed particularly fixed idea of how it's going to end up or what it's going to be, it's just exploring the noises that people mm. can make together, whereas that was that but also had the overall theme and goal of celebrating the person who brought all these people together yeah so there was a real power to what everyone was doing with each other on in that on that musical level mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was oh, like yeah i mean we were all feeling it as well mm-hmm. um yeah because it's you know I, because there were moments where i'd be like you know i'd be looking around at everyone else. you know it's just like the I think you could you could tell it's just like there were yeah it's just like it wasn't just another gig it was just yeah. like I think it was so I mean for us it felt so charged mm-hmm. and you know it's just like but felt you know I think because we were all doing it out of love yeah. you know it's just like and yeah. and also it's just like kind of we were all doing it like holding these memories and mm. these experiences so so yeah I'd say it's um I mean it's just like it's the most it's it's the most beautiful um, charged like performance experience I've ever had really yeah. yeah um right so we're coming towards the end um what well you've already told us about your exhibition that's going to be coming up mm-hmm. in Blackpool but just to end on a more this is going to be very vague again <laughs> but like what does the what ideally do you want Islington Mill to be when it leaves this current flux state and mm-hmm. enters into the next phase what do you want it to be, Rachel? Uh, so I, um, I really want it to be um, a really. I want it to be co- co-created. I want it to have community and people at its heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just like that's something that, um, that yeah, it's just like so you know it's just, so you know it's it's a creative space, but it's just like it's it's people 
and being that is right at its heart. So mm-hmm. to say, whether that's through, you know, to say kind of like the practices that people have or like through the spaces that like they come together through the, you know, through through the events that can happen, through the side the people that can feel that possibility to do something. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think I think that's what, you know, to say that's what I would really love. And I think it's that I think for me it's just like because I've you know, it's like I've I mean I've I pretty much, you know, when I look at it I've like pretty much grown up at the mill, you know, I've spent my, you know, it's like the mill's been part of my life, like my entire like adult life. Mm. And, and, you know, it's like, and I know how much that has shaped me, you know, it's just like everything from say kind of like the nights we've had to the people that we've, you know, it's just, you know, just, just, you know, it's just like everything that's just been, it's just like so, you know, it's just like just really shaped me as a person. Mm. Um, and, and so I think it's just like it's re- it's that hope is just like that that continues. Yeah. That it's just like that people can come here and feel that sense of possibility. Mm. You know, it's just like and that they can and also for the future that it's just like that those you know the access to those possibilities become a lot clearer as yeah. well. So that you know it's so yeah that's but to remain that you know it's just like something that's like co-created that mm-hmm. has you know it's like people right at its heart. Yeah. That again sounds like going back to that thing about enjoying the journey rather than being too focused on a specific goal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome.